we see a dialogue between Peter and Jesus. Peter was Jesus' very first disciple. I mean, you know, Jesus called Peter out from, uh, from the boat. And throughout the journey uh, of Jesus' ministry, he was the closest disciple to Jesus. But here we see Jesus rebuking Peter in a most serious way. Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. I'm very close to our elders, and I'm sure they wouldn't like it if I called them Satan. It's a very serious rebuke. Now, what's going on? Satan means adversary, enemy, the one who is against God. That's Satan. So Jesus is accusing Peter, rebuking him for going against God. How is Peter going against God? By trying to block Jesus' suffering. I mean, Peter, I think he was, had good intentions, I believe. He was looking out after Jesus. Jesus starts talking about having to suffer, be rejected, and die. And Peter's like, rebuking, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Peter wanted Jesus to avoid suffering. But Jesus, he openly walked towards suffering. This is what he said. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. So to set your mind on divine things is to accept suffering. To set your mind on human things is to avoid suffering. Jesus was not like seeking out suffering. He wasn't trying to be rejected or get killed. He was simply trying to do what he came to do. And this is what he came to do. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to give life. But Jesus knew that somehow in this sinful world that we live in, he would be rejected. He knew what the result would be. And even so, Jesus chose to live the life that he was supposed to live, regardless of the suffering that he knew lay ahead. He accepted it. This is Jesus' call for those who follow him. If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Don't be concerned about yourself. Just do the will of God. 
Focus on what it is that you are supposed to do. Don't try to avoid the difficulties or hardships that will come from doing it. And in fact, take up the suffering that will come as a result of doing what you need to do. That's what Jesus is saying here. Suffering is, and I want us to get this uh, concept right, it doesn't have to be some grave uh, physical or whatnot thing. It's any difficult, difficulty, hardship, obstacle, burden. Jesus' call to discipleship goes to the core of how we live our life. Do you live life to avoid suffering? Or do you do what you're supposed to do regardless of the suffering or hardship that will come your way? That is the fundamental question for our life. When I reflect on how we are living our lives today, I see how people are not driven by their beliefs or their convictions. They are driven by the fear of suffering. Everything that people do is to avoid hardship, difficulty, and this fear drives all of their thinking, their decision-making and choices, and their actions. So they don't know what they believe. They don't know what they want out of life. They simply want to avoid suffering. Avoiding suffering has become like the prime motivation in life. Why do students study so hard to get into competitive programs? I wonder, is it really because they love that subject matter? I think it's so that they can avoid difficulties of not making enough money or not getting a good job. Fear of suffering may produce a good life on the outside. It can help you survive. It can help you become very comfortable in life. You can enjoy all the pleasures of life by avoiding suffering and difficulty. But my friends, fear of suffering holds you back from life. It holds you back from committing yourself to anything. It holds you back from investing yourself. It holds you back because somehow you are afraid of losing yourself. But I believe that fear of suffering produces a deeper suffering that is not visible on the outside. So things can look good on the outside, but it produces a deeper suffering on the inside. The Russian author Dostoevsky, he said this, Hell is the suffering of being unable to love. Hell is the suffering 
of being unable to love. Fear of suffering squeezes out love. And when you're unable to love, that is the real suffering. My friends, what is life without love? That is hell. I believe that is hell. Love is what makes life come alive. Without love, life is just mere existence of one day after another, flat, dull, meaningless. Love does not hold back. Love doesn't calculate. Love goes all in. You know, like in poker, love goes all in. My parents, are, I preached in the KSM service. My parents were there. I can't believe so young, at 18. She went uh, to Germany uh, to uh, be at work as a nurse. A lot of Koreans did back then. Uh, my father, I and mean, he was kind of a country bumpkin from North Korea, so he remained, uh, and he was just kind of teaching out in a, in a rural area. And then, uh, you know, my mom, she was at a fashion sense. So you go to Germany, she's making money, and she gets all the nice German-European fashions, and she went back to Korea for a visit. And somehow a mutual, uh, I think my dad's sister actually knew my mom, and so she kind of introduced them. And my dad, this guy from the country, from North Korea, right? He was just like, whoa, he was floored, right? So they, they hung out and two hours, let's get married. Two hours. My mom was like, are you crazy? I got dreams, I got plans. She was really going to go back study and try to be a doctor or something like that, right? And so she went back for six months. I mean, for those of you who know my dad, he's a very, like a Korean man, you know? Six months though, every day, he wrote letters. So mail it to Germany. Six every day. That's crazy. You know, and that, who does it? It's like a DM, right? Yo, yo, yo. No, man, letters. Snail mail. Six months. And yeah, I mean, long story short, I'm the result, right? It worked. Love is all in. Love makes sacrifices. Love suffers. The heart aches because of love. Yes, love can be painful. But love is what makes life come alive. We reflect a lot. We think a lot about what's my calling. Calling is love that takes a unique shape for your life. It is love that is drawn for some greater purpose. And that gets filtered through your personality, your experiences, your history. And it takes on a unique, beautiful shape. That's what calling is. Calling is the impulse of love that's drawn towards something bigger beyond yourself. That is living. Jesus, Jesus' calling is for us to follow this path of love that takes a unique shape in your life. But Jesus has a very deep insight. 
following this path will bring about suffering. It's not even a, it might bring some hardship or difficulty. It will bring about difficulty, suffering. People won't understand what you're trying to do. Even those closest to you, they'll question you. People will oppose you. There will be many challenges and obstacles to live this unique life of love. It will require sacrifice. It will bring suffering. There's no way around it. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, uh, my son, Junie, he's playing some hockey these days. And uh, one day, I think uh, him and Deb were talking, and he's just casually talking, yeah, you know, when I become an NHL pro player, kind of like laughed, right? Because, I mean, first of all, you need, you need raw talent. And I don't think he's got that. So that's first of all. But then, I mean, there's so many people with talent, right? Like, you look at so many athletic, talented people. That's not enough. You need to have this ferocious drive that it's this or nothing else. Like, this is my only option, right? It's like Eminem's song. You got to lose yourself in this, right? Practice relentlessly. That's what they do. And even then, you may have a chance of making it. You cannot have a well-rounded, balanced life if you want to be a professional hockey player. You must make sacrifices for that purpose. It has to be your life. And so we kind of talked him down. Let's play at the lower level, okay? <laughs> I don't want to tell you directly, but you ain't got it. But just There's another calling. To live out your calling, there's no balance. Love goes all in. All in to the point of even sacrificing your comfort, convenience, and even your well-being. We talk a lot about self-care. I think the real self-care is to lose yourself in that greater purpose to which you're called to do. That is the ultimate self-care. That's what Jesus is saying. You try to save your life, you're going to lose it. You lose your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel. Meaning, for a good purpose, a great purpose, you will find yourself. That is how you will take care of yourself. But it requires accepting the suffering and hardship that will come for the sake of this greater purpose that you went all in on. To overcome our fear of suffering, we need to reflect on our approach to suffering. I don't want to uh, downplay it. Suffering can damage you. Right? It can really hurt you. The most damaging suffering is suffering that's inflicted upon you without your choice. You know, they recently concluded the, the trial in London, Ontario for uh, that, that man who 
drove a truck into a Muslim family. I'm thinking they're just out on a stroll with their family. Three grandfather, parents, and a daughter and a son. And just in one instant, everyone except for the youngest boy, the nine-year-old boy at that time, killed. Grandfather, parents, sister. I mean, how do you deal with that kind of tragedy that's just inflicted upon you? So that kind of suffering, we fight against. We oppose. That is injustice that we rally against. Suffering that one inflicts upon another. But we are reflecting upon the suffering that comes to us. We can become victims of suffering that's thrust upon us. I mean, it's true. Your thinking becomes damaged. Your emotions become damaged. Your outlook on life becomes damaged. And the memory of the suffering drives this fear of it. It's very understandable. But my friends, suffering does not have to destroy you. It can become a source of power and purpose. And that is what people of faith believe. That is what we cling on to. You know, I preached uh, in the, the KSM service, and they're mostly first-generation immigrants. I was reflecting with them on, yes, immigrant life was hard. It was full of suffering. But that suffering, it gave them purpose. It gave them drive. It gave them the motivation to work seven days a week, 365 days a year, from 7 a.m. in the morning till midnight, every day with no vacations. The suffering gave them that purpose and power. But more than that, their suffering produced faith. Their suffering created the church that we enjoy. Their suffering laid a beautiful foundation for all of us and the next generation. Suffering in love produces beautiful fruit. That is what we believe. Yes, suffering can make you weak. It can shatter your confidence. It can weaken your resolve. But we believe that God's power is hidden inside our weakness. The cross was a symbol of people's weakness. It was a visible reminder of how weak people were against the power of the world. Roman power at that time. Jesus took on the weakness of that cross. But instead of being defeated by it, God revealed his power through the weakness of the cross. God took this symbol of weakness and made it his strength. And that is what we look to. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. That is what St. Paul came to realize and discover. We find power 
God's power in our suffering. Because when we are weak, we are strong. St. Paul went even so far as to boast about his sufferings. This is what he said. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. My friends, that is our faith. Do you believe that? When you are weak in your suffering, that is when you are strong. We are strong by the power of God. That is when it shines most clearly. Suffering is never, ever easy. Always painful. Always difficult to endure. But my friends, with faith, it is not something to fear. With faith, we can live life boldly. With faith, you can accept the suffering that will come. You can take on suffering with the faith that you, can, you will experience God's power when you feel weak. So don't run away from suffering and miss out on life. Reverend Kim kind of funny, he quoted FOMO last week, right? Do you have a fear of missing out on life? Then do not run away from suffering. Alright? Live your life boldly. Go all in for a good purpose. Our church is run by those who serve and sacrifice their time and energy. It could not uh, operate otherwise. And so to keep, help keep the church going, we elect and ordain elders. Eldership, therefore, is a calling to serve and give of yourself. You know, one of our elders, we've had a tradition, you know, where the first time uh, one in the ESM at least, the first time someone's asked to be an elder, they say no. So we wait a year, then we approach again. With Elder James, it took three track cracks, right? <laughs> but, but one of the elders, uh, uh, she met with Reverend Kim, and um, he, he said, well, I mean, eldership, uh, the main criteria is it just simply requires sacrifice. And that's when she started to reflect. Look, I don't have many abilities. I'm not good at speaking in public. Uh, I don't really know what I'm talented at, but I can sacrifice. I can do that. And that's why she accepted the calling. And how beautiful it has been to see people like that serve. There's nothing more beautiful than sacrifice that comes out of love for a good purpose. My friends, let us learn to sacrifice for a good purpose, to be driven by love, not fear. Let us be drawn to something bigger than just yourself. Trust in God's power to carry you through the difficult moments, and then you will find your life yourself. Amen.